Warning, this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences. This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. This is the interview edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, and we've got many wonderful conversations to bring you this week. A major announcement today in the world of mixed martial arts, the retirement of one of the pioneers of the lower weight classes in the sport, Joseph Benavidez, a guy who I love speaking with and who I've really become personally acquainted with over the years covering the sport. Uh, his wife, uh, as many of you know, is Megan Olivi, who does fantastic work for the UFC and ESPN. And uh, he is often there supporting her backstage, and we've uh, become, you know, pretty good friends in terms of uh, our relationship outside of a professional capacity, where we just talk about a lot of our common interests, music, entertainment, and whatnot. So while Joe is stepping away from the sport, I uh, am glad that I will get to continue having those great conversations with him. And uh, I look forward to seeing what's next for him. And we're going to talk about that. He uh, joins me today on the interview edition, a, a pretty long conversation, but that's how it is with Joe. He's a very thoughtful guy, gives great answers. And uh, everything he says has purpose, which I like, which is, you know, it's one of the things that uh, enamors me to him. He's uh, just a very thoughtful person. And uh, we need more of that for any interview subject and anything. It's just great to have somebody who uh, is able to, you know, kind of peel back the layers of the onion. I always appreciate that. We also have three of the competitors on this weekend's UFC Fight Night card. Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann is the main event, and we will speak to both of those gentlemen on the show, as well as uh, someone who has had a lot of trouble getting fights with ranked opponents in his weight class. That's Armand Sarukian, who joins us as well on the TSN MMA Show interview edition. And if you like these interviews, I urge you to subscribe to this show because we bring you great interviews week in and week out. And I also would love it if you could go onto the podcast platform of choice that you use. Give us a, a five-star review, written review. This kind of stuff helps the show. And it's all I ask in, re in return for uh, providing these wonderful conversations to you on a weekly basis. So let's get to them. Let's start off with Joseph Benavidez, who decided today that he was going to retire from the sport of mixed martial arts. Well, well I don't know if he decided today. I'm sure he decided <laughs> in the many uh, weeks since his last fight. But uh, he joins me now on the TSN MMA show, followed by Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann, and Armand Sarukian. Enjoy! Well, earlier today, the UFC rankings pool had jo Joseph Benavidez removed, and uh, I was trying to figure out what's going on. You didn't make any sort of announcement on Instagram or Twitter, but of course your lovely wife wrote, retirement adventures are going to be fun on Twitter, so I'm going to guess this is a retirement and not a release, but why haven't you made any sort of formal announcement yourself? Um, that's actually a good question. I, I don't know, it just kind of came very sudden. Like, I've actually known I was going to retire for a while, um, but you have to make it official, I guess, to retire and, you know, do all that stuff, like tell the people um, that it concerns, like Mick Maynard, uh, that you're going to retire and like you saw and all that. So I actually just kind of had to do that today or yesterday I decided to because I was bored and I was like, oh, I should probably make this official. You know, I've kind of been retired in a way. Um, so I talked to Mick and, and then he was like, yeah, you'll probably be out of the uh, rankings here soon so people will kind of know what's happening. And I said, cool. And he said it'll probably be till Monday. But then I got out of a workout and uh, I had a few 
people messaging me and I was like, well, here we go. That's how it is. So, and all honestly to answer the question, I guess is I hadn't even had time to really post and really even, um, I don't know, like, uh, really take it in, take it all in, you know, I've just been looking at everyone's messages and a lot of the posts. I actually like, I've known I'm going to be, I was, I was going to be, re I've been retired. So I didn't also think it would be an emotional thing, but like reading a bunch of stuff, I was just like crying in the backyard out here. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good day. And like, I, yeah, I haven't been able to put anything myself out yet. And, you know, I feel like there'll never be anything good enough. Like if I have hard enough time posting, like what picture I think is the best, it's going to be really hard to put into just how much, uh, how, how much like 15 years of this and everyone's support has meant. So I don't know, maybe I'll just, uh, keep it simple, you know, put a random picture or something, but, uh, like I usually do, you know, I'm not a big poster, but, uh, yeah, I just, that's another reason I feel like nothing, nothing could really sum up this in like pictures or words, I guess, um, how I feel about what I've been able to do and accomplish and the people I've been able to meet and how grateful I am for all of it, uh, in the last 15 years. So, so yeah, that's another reason, I guess. And I just haven't had the time been just reading everybody else's stuff and it's really nice. Well, I, uh, I had my own thoughts as to why, and I think I, my instinct is probably correct that you don't really do half-hearted. <laughs> you don't really, uh, you know, say goodbye or whatever. You like to think these things through and do things the right way. So I'm thinking you probably just yeah. didn't have enough time to process it all and, and get your, your thoughts out there in a way that you would approve of. Yeah, that is a lot of it also. Um, I don't know, like part of me, you know, like, well, obviously it's going to happen. I want to like, you know... I can't, I can't, like I just said, I, I can't really process it in any words. It would be as meaningful as it is really to me and to what everyone's given me and the sport has given me. But I also, in a way, like I didn't want it to happen at all. Like I wanted to be like the only person that could like retire and like no one like no. But then Mick was like, yeah, like media is going to get a hold of it because like you'll be released from the rankings. I'm like, well, how do I just do this? And to me, uh, like I also always just want to do things like different, I guess. So it's kind of like, all right, well, everyone's retired and everyone's made a post about their retiring or done in the ring or an interview or whatever. I was like, so why can't I like not retire? Like, why does retiring have to be a thing? Why can't I just kind of like move on and do something else? And like, well, you know what? I was this, but now I'm this or whatever. You know, or like this is something I used to do, but I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the world didn't let me. The MMA world and how it all works, I guess, didn't let me because that's honestly what I wanted to do is just like not have an announcement, not have anything. Just continue to do what I'm doing because I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to take in sometimes like in a way I don't want it. And then like, sometimes a lot of it's hard, but it's like, I don't want it to be a thing. I don't want it to be anything cool. And, um, you know, but now it's a thing. It's great. I'm embracing it. And I really just, you know, it's, it's, it's nice talking to everybody and actually getting it out. I guess maybe I didn't realize I needed to do that as well, you know? Um, cause I've known I'm retired, but even just like 
saying it and like having people know, like it's not necessarily weight off the back, but it's like a bit of a relief. So how long have you known you were, you were retired for, if, if that makes sense? Well, honestly, after my last fight, I probably knew I, I knew I told myself, like, I'm not fighting again, you know, uh, just not into it. And then, you know, you kind of want to give it some time to linger and be like, are you being emotional or whatever? And then even when I came to the conclusion of like, all right, I'm definitely not going to fight again. Like I didn't even I didn't train you know, like the first two months or anything. So I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely not fighting. Like I don't even like miss training or any of that part. So that's probably not going to happen. But I still just kind of linger like, ah, well, maybe, you know, you never know something will happen. But, you know, a lot of the things that stopped me from doing it is like, is like I didn't want to make it a thing. Like I didn't want, like, I'll say it again. I love, I'm talking to you right now. I love people reaching out and I love the sweet things. But I was like, I kind of like just don't want anyone to like have to talk about me or talk about it or anything. And I was just kind of like I know once I retire, like it'll be, you know, this and that. Like why can't I just like go do something else and like I don't fight anymore. But so that was a little bit of the reason. But I knew, like I said, like I kind of knew this whole time I wasn't going to. But then I to just be candid honest with you like i'm sitting i've been sitting here very like idle and you know i eventually want to just move on and i'm <laughs> bored and i do want to do something else but it's like i kind of have to close a chapter completely to move on and that just happens to be closing that chapter part of it happens to be calling people and telling people and you know making it official like hey don't test me anymore i'm not out of the pool anymore don't worry about booking fights for me and all that kind of stuff um and this is what comes with it and it's uh yeah it's great but yeah I've, I've, I've known since my last fight and like i said i just gave it a few months to make sure it was something i wanted so i've been i've been pretty positive about it since my last fight would you say that 100 percent of you was into that fight with askarov like going into it did, did you know in the back of your mind that this was probably going to be your last fight and, and if so um how much were you able to really put into that particular camp knowing that yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that because I actually – my plan was uh, – so now going back even further, I guess I lied to you, Aaron. Like <laughs> I kind of knew I was going to retire even before that fight, that that was going to be my last fight. So going through camp, I knew it. And it – so to answer your question, like I honestly don't feel like it affected anything. If anything, it kind of made me really um, – grateful for every like second like i would i could consciously sit there during my weight cut and be like this is going to be my last enjoy the pain like this is such a challenge on your body and like you might not feel this again and sometimes during training just knowing like like you're gonna miss this you know um after this fight so like just enjoy it and i think that actually helped me have a really good camp i can't as far as the fight uh it didn't affect me in the fight either i went out knowing like i even changed my entrance song um for the fight it was kind of like a retirement like song even without like telling you money it was billy joel the entertainer but uh, it wasn't like hey i'm retiring like this is my retirement song or anything it was just what it was and then um and like i could honestly say like i was so present in the fight just knowing like this is the last time i'm gonna fight like this is this is great and i was so ready 
But I honestly felt something I've never felt in that fight before in my life, and it had nothing to do with it. And this is where just fighting took over in MMA and my history and what I've been through is in that fight, I became scared. Like, right as I was going to get in there, I became scared. I was in the cage, and I was scared. And I've never been scared in a fight. You know, I've had guys that, you know, knock me out and fight them again. Like, let's go. I've never been scared. I've fought, you know everybody in the world and i've never been scared you know miguel torres back when he was the boogeyman like and i wasn't scared of Ascar. you know he's not necessarily like a scary guy i was actually just scared to lose and you know and that like really affected me of just like i couldn't get going because i was just like well you know what i'm not i have a chance of losing if like i i keep kind of like fighting so like I was, I don't know. I was okay, I guess, just losing because I was like scared of it in a way. So I feel like I didn't like, you didn't see like the me that like fights with like no consequences in mind, which, you know, like I try to put it out there and hang my balls out there every single time, like, you know, minutes, every second of the fight. And uh, I didn't feel like that, that fight. And I was like, I can't feel like this again. Like, I can't feel like this and fight be scared and just content like not losing just kind of losing you know and that's that's kind of how i felt in that fight i was i was like i can't lose this fight so i didn't so because i was so scared to lose i like didn't do anything to win yeah i think that makes sense i think we spoke a little bit after the fight and uh i could tell that you you were having trouble getting going in that fight like i could tell that that you weren't fully there. You know, sometimes it's an out-of-body experience, right? So I can tell you weren't fully yeah. there for that fight. I mean, I, I do wish that since you switched your, your song up, you could have done, like, Good Riddance by Green Day, Closing Time by Semi-Sonic, The Graduation Song. made made the retirement song a little bit more obvious. That's all. Yeah, no, it was between The Entertainer, Billy Joel, The Entertainer, and uh, Talking Heads, Road to Nowhere. Um, but uh, I went with Billy Joel. Yeah, so... Yeah, and like, and not even talk. I was just talking about that fight because I kind of did know going in, and I was just saying, yeah, it didn't affect me like retirement wise. What affected me was actually like that feeling that like I know I should retire because like I'm scared to lose and like I can't just let it all out. Like, I've never had a problem. Like, if you see me, if you've watched my whole career, I've never had a fight uh, problem going for it and doing the most in a fight and nonstop going for the kill. And in that fight, that's literally how I felt. It was just like I was so scared to lose that I like couldn't try to win. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm just – it's like sometimes to win, you got to be afraid like not to lose. You got to be able to like, hey, I'm going to jump for this guillotine three times in a row on uh, black belt Wagney Fabiano. Um, you know, and I'm going to try to submit him even though he defended the first three times. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to eventually get it or – you know, I'm gonna go for this shot, like, and I, I just, I knew I did, I couldn't feel like that again in a fight, and and go through it. So after that fight, I kind of knew in a way, you know, I kind of made the right decision because I don't want to feel like that in a fight. But then the competitor in me was like, oh, that was just a one fight thing. Like, go again. Like, of course you can like let loose, you know. And so I had like that little battle for a while. Of, like, well, you don't want that to be your last fight either, and go out like that on a loss but i just realized you know the best thing to do was was to move on 
I appreciate you shouting out Toronto native Wagner Fabiano in our interview. I'm sure you did that on purpose. Uh, my, my other question for you, that's the obvious question in retirement, is do you have a favorite moment from your career? That anything that stands out to you as, uh, you know, if you were to say my, my singular favorite moment as a mixed martial artist was blank? Oh, man, that's crazy. I mean, I can't really say that. I mean, you could break it down to fights and stuff. And like, yeah, like there might be a cooler fight or whatever that happened. But like my coach, Robert Fallis, um, who passed away, he used to say it's not the notes that make the music. It's the space between the notes that make the music. So like these events happen, you know, but it's like it's the way they're arranged that happens. It's the stuff that happens in between them that happens. So like in that regard, it's like it's the whole journey of like in between like like all right this Miguel Torres fight or this Henry Cejudo fight like those were great you know fights that I can look back and be proud on but it's like getting to those fights the people I was like coaching the ultimate fighter on the way there you know um you know the WC days like all that stuff so I don't know it's 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 really hard I mean it's a it's a complete journey like you can't really break it down to a singular moment like it's just the journey has been incredible because i don't know like when i retire i don't even look at my last fights or anything i look at the stuff like maybe that no one saw or maybe they forgot like i just see like a young me like fighting at 35 like not really knowing <laughs> like what the future like held for him um but then the future kind of just becoming more amazing than he could have ever thought in a way, you know, um, and obviously when I was fighting down there and I was brand new in the WC, yeah, I expected the best for me, but like the best that I imagine isn't even like close to what actually happened. And that's way better than I imagined. So, you know, just meeting people like, I mean, met my wife, uh, countless like lifelong friends, and uh, relationships that I'll have forever kind of because of the sport and memories. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's really hard to break it down to a moment. Like, the whole moment has been amazing. Like, it's a long moment. Like, 15 years has been great. <laughs> uh, but I just, like, never knew, like, this would be my life. Like, I was doing an interview earlier. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, it takes a lot to reflect. I mean, it's brand new and it's weird because I've been reflecting for a long time because I knew it was my last fight. But someone it's official and like talking to you and people that are great at their job and ask good questions and that I care about and I enjoy talking to, like it just brings out like kind of a different side because I've talked to like friends about me being retired and stuff before. I talk to my wife about it all the time and it never – really makes me think of anything I'm, I'm very good at like just stopping things and making decisions and just like never worrying about them again like unless it's like what i should wear what i should eat like small decisions i can't make but like big ones i'm just like yeah i'll never talk to that person again oh let, let's like buy this house let's move across the country let's retire from mma so i think i just kind of like knew it was happening and i didn't think about it and now just talking about it and seeing it like it's like it was a crazy time and I would like really have nothing like, you know, I drove like from New Mexico to Sacramento 
um, in a car. And it's like, I didn't know, like, how the hell am I ended up in Vegas on a laptop talking mm-hmm. to Aaron Bronsetter from Toronto with my wife from New York talking about my career that spanned, like, that whole time. And so many crazy things have happened between there. And, uh, met, like, the best people, like, in my life. And uh, so it's just crazy. It's, it's hard to break down to a moment. Well, some great advice from Coach Follows there. Um, and looking back at 2020, I mean, t- 2020 was kind of a dumpster fire of a year for most people with, with the pandemic and everything. But for you in particular, it was a very rough year. You had uh, the two title fights. But more importantly, your brother Ronnie uh, was, was murdered in December. Um, how much did 2020 impact, uh, the, your, I guess, the future of your career, the shelf life of your career? Because I'm sure that all of that took a massive toll on you as a person, even though you're about as positive of, of a human being as I've ever met. Uh, there's still some life-altering events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those events happening in the middle, I think it just, it has to do, it's all timing, you know? Like, those events, any event like that, like, happening in the middle of my career, like, would be fine. And, like, you just, you go on and you keep fighting and, you know, maybe you don't go for another title fight, but maybe you're in the top ten. But, you know, when it happens in 2020 and, like, you know, I probably fought my last title fight. And I've kind of done it all. And now, you know, like, that that's what's hard. Like, yeah, I mean, I've overcome a lot in my uh, in my career. You know, title fight losses. And then I, I get another one. I fight until I can win another one. Like, before my last fight against Figueredo, I had to win 9 out of 10 and go through an ACL surgery. You know? Um, and the 10th one, I actually arguably won. Anyway, Um <laughs> The competitor in me is still there. You see, I still think I won that. But, um, but you know, with it happening, like, at the very, very end, like, it, it makes it a little harder to come back from. Like, yeah, if I was, you know, 28 and I lose a devastating loss, like, oh, I can, like, put myself back on. But when it's, like, that's the fourth time that's happened, <laughs> oh, and, you know, now this, like, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to come back from. And, you know, another, another big thing is, like, to me – I know I can fight, you know, with everybody ranked from number one to number 10 and win and compete every single night. Like right now, as I sit, you know, I can compete in the top 10, but like I never fought really to not be the best and I never fought to not like it was always a mixture of like I want to be the best, but I want to have fun. Right. And like, all right. So the part about being the best like that might be over, but like I can still compete with the best like. You know, people are getting interviews and getting paid and getting this and that that are fighting top 10 guys in the world. They have a great life and career, but that's just never why I did it. I wouldn't do it to be like the 10th best guy in the world. You know, my career has been fighting at the top the whole time. So it doesn't necessarily motivate me to fight, you know, the number 10 guy in the world. But another really, really defining factor of that is it's my weight class, you know, like all these guys that I could fight in the top 10 are coming up to me on their UFC debut and telling me, Hey, I used to watch you in the WC after school with my dad. Like I got to send this to my dad. I can't believe I'm in the UFC or like, Oh, I look up to you so much. Like, thanks for paying the way. Like I watch you after school in the WC when I was just like wrestling in middle school. And like, you know, that doesn't make it like, I don't want to fight those people, you know? And then like, the older generation of the white class right now, 
are like people I had a uh, a relationship with on the Ultimate Fighter. So that's another you know thing. So you know, so the best part kind of ended. I was like, well, maybe it can still be fun, but it's like I don't want to fight a guy that like used to watch me with his dad <laughs> after school and like looks up to me. And uh, and yeah, so you know that's what it is. And I always kind of imagine like you know I've been lucky and grateful to be like I know there's a title fight around the corner like after this fight after a few fights and that's always been a great thing and I've been able been very lucky and fortunate to fight at the top and go for so many world titles and I kind of always imagine like well what 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 does it feel like for somebody that's like ranked number 20 or ranked number 15 that like they're just doing it and I was like you know what I don't know if I could ever do that and then when the dream and the reality of probably having a title went away I realized like I probably I don't think I can like I can't just you know hey I'm gonna be the this I mean I don't know I mean I think maybe it's just the way my career's been but that's just what it was it didn't become fun for me anymore and then also just fighting guys that say they used to look up with me didn't seem that fun yeah, you've got like the Tim Elliott's of the world who I'm sure you trained with at Extreme Couture. And then you've yeah. got Moreno who you coached on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, had you beaten Askarov, you probably would have been in line, especially with, with Figueredo losing to Moreno. Yeah. That, that would have been a fight that made sense, but I don't know if you would have wanted to, to face Moreno. I, I mean, the, I, the two of you are, seem to have a lot in common and, of course, are friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, that's a lot of it is like, all right, well, everyone I'm going to be matched up with, like, I had a relationship on the Ultimate Fighter or you know like used to watch me with their dad or something so you know but i guess that's just that's just how it is when you've been around so long like i have literally since the first fight the division you know to take place so you know it's just it's i'm glad i've been around this long and got to do it and it's amazing um getting to do it i'm glad like so glad the weight class is still around because there's like choppy moments in and now i feel like it's just really like you know, so on the up and up and exciting. And uh, it's just, it's cool. Like, I'm just, I'm glad that people like me, like strange little men, like, you know, that couldn't play like in the NFL or the NBA or something, um, but can like beat some ass, like that they can still make a living, you know, because I have a good life. Like I sit in my backyard, it's beautiful. I'm looking at the pool and my dog and like my wife is amazing. You know, have like a nice whatever, like a nice house and a nice car, and it's just like it just means so much to me that like people like me, like you know, like a small Mexican person that can fight can actually make a living like as a professional athlete. Like that means so much to me, and um, you know, it's just it's just amazing. Like I don't know, like I look back on that, and that's something that just stands out as like. Um, I have like I kind of feel like I have no no business like being here. Like, how the hell did I get here? Like, I'm just like a kid from like Las Cruces, New Mexico, and you know, like sitting back here doing a Skype interview with you about my career I just had, you know, and like getting tweets from ESPN MMA about a career I just had, and like that's crazy, really. When I think about it, that I'm just like, there's so many like short guys they can like fight out there and like i'm just glad like it's still around where they can like have a means you know to just have a good life 
and have something to be proud of and everything as well. You're probably too humble to give me the answer that I want to hear uh, for this one. But <laughs> you fought <I'll> the... <laughs> <laughs> You fought Dominic Cruz for the title at 135 pounds. Demetrius Johnson fought Dominic Cruz for the title at 135 pounds. It was clear that both of you guys were at a size disadvantage in that fight, but we saw how good you were in the WBC against 35. Or same with Demetrius Johnson. If not for the two of you, do you think that the flyweight division is created when it is and brought into, doctored into the UFC um, at that time? I mean, I'm sure eventually there's a chance that a 125-pound division would have been created, but do you feel like the two of you are really the, the pioneers that put that division on your back and, and brought it to the UFC because there was a necessity for it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you just saying that, someone with intelligent you know, knowledge on the sport and kind of what, what happens and why it happens. Like, I mean, yeah, they did that for a reason because that's kind of who needed to do it. That was the time. Like there wasn't another time, you know, that is what happened. That was the time there was, you know, two people that are like, Hey, just as good, but like a bigger guy with more size is beating them. Like let's let them have their own division. Cause there's only more of them and more of them to come. And that was the right time. It was the right people. We had the right fights with Dominic Cruz. And um, and it formed there, you know. And um, they knew. I mean, the, obviously, the UFC knows what they've done with the women and any other new weight classes they've added ever. You know, um, they've known, like, hey, it's just it's it's time to do this. And, uh, yeah, I was glad. I, I'm just glad I was part of it, you know, the first ever title fight. And, um, you know, it's crazy. And it. It's crazy because I, I, I won't be that humble with it. Like I, I feel like yeah, like there's no doubt about it. Like I'm a pioneer of the flyweight division. Like there's not like a doubt. Like that's just kind of what it is. You know, I fought for the first title fight, and I've been here since then to what two title fights ago. So however many title, I've been here the whole time. You know, uh, fighting for the title. So, but you know, another thing like I was listen to the interview and um a lot of people this is me not being humble is like they're like well you know you were uh a lightweight 135 uh pound pioneer and i'm just like that's crazy and that's why i said when i look back i was looking at myself as like this tubby guy with like a no haircut like in the wc walking around it was like you know that was the first time a whole new weight class of even 135 had been shown to the public and you know we had to go fight our asses off to get a, approval there and, and turn to what it is and get bought by the ufc and all that and i was like i'd like to say i'm even a part of that every single wc fought i had i freaking fought my heart out uh, from beginning to end and put on an amazing show and every single one of those um of my fights on the wc was televised um, all the way up into there with Miguel Torres, the Dominic Cruz fights, the Wagner Fabiano, like you mentioned, uh, on Yaya, um, Jeff Curran. And it's like, you know, that also took, you know, like I like to say I'm a part of even that, that division, you know, getting to the mainstream. Like by the time we got to the UFC, well, I was still a 35 pounder actually when we got into the UFC. Yeah, one I still, fight in the UFC, yeah. Yeah. I, I did two at 35, uh, oh, Ian Loveland and Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, that's just a crazy thing as well because I just, you know, like, I look at the, the, the 
those weight classes in general right now and I'm just like you know I like to think that I'm a part in making that weight class exciting too because the first time you ever saw the 135 pound weight class was in the WC and I was part of that every single fight I had in the WC you know were some of my best fights those were all televised and uh yeah it's just it's just like I said like that's just cool looking back on too you know being you know if you will, like a pioneer in two divisions, fighting in both weight classes, titles in this in both weight classes, you know, um, title fights in both weight classes, you know. So, like I said, when you're asking about moments, like it's cool looking back. But someone mentioned that up earlier, and you know, I think when I look back, I'm like, I think about the flyweight division, the flyweight division. But like my 35 days were so great, and it was really the beginning of the 35 pound division too. You know what the beauty of all of this is, Joe? You're just getting started. This is this is the end of one <laughs> chapter, but I, I I know how well-rounded of a person you are. I know how um, how invested you are in all of your interests and how much you put into it and how uh, obsessed you get with those kind of things. And I know that whatever you channel this energy into next is just the beginning of probably the longer chapter of your life that I think is going to be uh, even brighter than this one. So congratulations on an amazing career. Uh, and uh, I look forward to continuing to talk to you and, and watching uh, just how, how you continue to grow in this life because, I, I, like I said, I think that this is just the beginning. And uh, congratulations on all of your incredible success. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you, everybody. Love you guys. Well, if you're looking for a UFC poster with a, a picture of Anthony Smith on it, there's no shortage to choose from. Eight main events in ten fights in the light heavyweight division. Why do you think the UFC likes to rely on you in these spots, Anthony? Man, that's a fantastic question. Uh, I don't actually know, to be honest with you. I mean, at the end of the day, this is about ratings and, and draws. Um, I think eight main events is probably uh, a clear sign that someone likes the numbers that they see when I fight. Well, I can give you what I think is the correct answer. When was the last time you saw a boring Anthony Smith fight? I mean, you're in the fights, but I'm sure you've gone back and watched them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a big part of it, too. They know that I'm not going to be a stinker for the most part. I mean, I think everybody has a bad day. Um, but I think for the most part, I'd say 99.9% .9 of my fights are exciting and enjoyable to watch. Well, I, I saw you on Ariel Hawani's show uh, this week. You, you called Ryan Stan a nerd for uh, how he behaved in, in the promo video. And on behalf of nerds, I would welcome Ryan into our community. But I'm curious as to why you feel that way. Well, um, listen, a lot of that was just a joke. Um, because even though he did hit me with a movie quote, I knew exactly where it came from as soon as he said it. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd myself. It, it was more just like, what a... I don't know. You got to hide your dorkiness a little bit. Like you can't just, I don't know, man. It was just weird. It was weird the way he kind of came at me and, and it was, and not even came at me. It's just the way his approach. Like, what are you so mad about? Like, just do you and I'll do me and, 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 and we'll, we'll fight. And, and like, no matter what you say, like, we're still going to have to fight. So I, he's not going to intimidate me. He's not, it, it, it was just really, it was a weird, it was just a weird promo. Uh, and I guess maybe my word, you know, I was more worried that like I did offend some of the nerds and dorks out there because I am a little bit of a dork myself and, and I got a lot of nerdy friends and they were like, man, why are you, you going to say it like that? Uh, I definitely am not trying to offend uh, my fellow nerds for sure.
All right. Well, we have, um, again, on behalf of the community, we appreciate that. So, uh, looking at Ryan's fan, tell me if you agree with this. In terms of your light heavyweight matchups, is Ryan the most similar fighter you faced yourself? I mean, I, honestly, I don't think we're anything alike at all. Um, and I think that's because I just believe that I'm better. Um, I don't think he's anywhere on the same planet as me when it comes to grappling. He does have some some slick submissions. Like, he does have some some tricky things that he's very good at that he, he goes to every single time he has an opportunity. Um, but I don't think there's uh, any world that exists where you throw me and Ryan Spain in a gi and, and he scores one point on me. I don't think that ever happens. Um, I think I'm more technical and and my approach is, is much more strategic on the feet than his is. He seems kind of like, uh, I would say I'm more like a sniper and he's got a shotgun. Like he kind of just sprays at the wall and sees what can, what works. And, uh, I think I'm very strategic and, and, and accurate and pinpoint in what I'm doing, but you know, I could see like just very broad stroke. I could see how people could think that we are similar where, you know, he's a big, tall, rangy striker. I, you know, I could see how that comparison could be made. I think it's more in terms of your well-roundedness. I think all three, I guess both of you guys are very dangerous in all areas of the game. I think you're right in terms of the diversity of attack. I think you've got a lot more diversity of attack, or, or at least that you've shown in uh, the 51 fights that you've had prior to uh, to, to this. I, you know, Ryan hasn't had as much of a sample size, but that, that's where I'm coming at this from. I think that it allows you to be a little bit more free in there because you don't have as you know difficult of a, of a puzzle to solve, if that makes sense. Yeah, you you hit a home run right there as far as not – like, he's not a specialist. Um, he's, he's, he's not a world champion kickboxer. He's not a world champion grappler. He's not some, you know, gold medalist wrestler. I don't – there's nothing I really have to worry about with him specifically. Now, is he dangerous in a lot of places? For sure. Um, he's crazy powerful. He's big. He's explosive. He's sneaky. He's – you know, he's got some good stuff, but – I was able to, to just focus on myself this training camp and just try to, you know, just, I, I guess, sharpen my sword. I did not, not worry about what he's going to do. Um, those are really fun fights for me to be in where, you know, you fight a guy like Rackage, who's a, a really big kicker and you got something you really got to worry about. Um, John Jones has got a lot of things you really got to worry about. Um, even Gustafson's got a lot of things you got to worry about. Ryan Spann, Jimmy Crew, Devin Clark, like, there's nothing they do that, that really keeps me up at night. Um, I, they, they, all of them do a lot of things well, but none of them are great at anything. Um, and, and, and you know what? Maybe that's the same thing people could say about me. Um, obviously, I would argue that, uh, but I, I could see how people would say the same thing about me for sure. Well, I mean, no disrespect to the, the three guys you just mentioned, but as a competitor, do you prefer to have a more difficult puzzle to solve? Do you prefer to uh, rack your brain over how you're going to overcome certain hurdles that you know are going to be in front of you? I do. I do. I, I, I do enjoy having something that does keep me up at night. Um, but you got to find the, the joy in what's in front of you. Um, so it, it has been, I, I think it's been a mental relief for me, maybe that that I don't really have that, like, he, he is a scary dude, you know, like he's crazy powerful, he'll shut you off with either hand. So that obviously is, is, has been a focus in a, in a, in a preparation, but, um, you know, having someone in front of you that, that's, I don't know, like I had a lot of fun getting ready for Hodge Gracie back in the day. Cause I knew like if I ended up in that spot, I was fucked. And 
that's fun for me. Uh, that that's I don't know that's it gets my competitive juices flowing. Uh, and in that fight, that's exactly what happened. Like I was doing really well winning the fight until that that spot came and and I was screwed. Um, so I think I do a good job of finding finding joy and and finding. I guess getting up for for each and every one of those challenges, I guess. Yeah, it's so rare to see guys like Hodger Gracie that have such good submission skills in, in the higher weight class. We're starting to see it a little bit more uh, these days. But back then, I mean, the, the grappling level that he brought to the division was so much higher than almost everybody else. He was like an alien. It was – I've never – I don't know if I've ever said this out loud before like to like a media member or anything. Hodger Gracie is the only person that's ever put me in a position in a fight ever where I was genuinely afraid that he was going to hurt me. Like I, I was, I was genuinely scared. Like I, the position was so tight. His, his body positioning, he felt like I was, I had like an elephant sitting on my chest and I wasn't sure. I thought he was going to spin for an armbar, and I wasn't sure I was so tight and twisted up. I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to tap before he broke it. It, it was, it was really. I remember being relieved when he went for the arm triangle. Do you remember the sequence? I, I'm sure it must have played out in slow motion at the time. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I was doing the fight was going perfect for for me. Uh, it was it, it was doing really well, and and he he tie clinched me. I think in the second round, um, maybe it was the third round, but. He tie clinched me, and I, I thought he was a big, tall, super guy. He was so big. I can't believe he made 85. Um, he was so tall, and he tie clinched me, and I was, I was getting ready for the knees. And I remember I, I pushed my hips in, so I fed in my hips to, to try to block the knees. And I was pulling my head up really hard because it was super strong, hanging on my head. And I pulled my head up as hard as I could, and he just took his hands in the tie clinch, and he just let go of my head. So I just fed in my entire hips and body. Uh, he body locked me, took me down. Uh, I almost swept him uh, with like a half guard sweep on the way, like kind of in one of the transitions. And then he ended up working his way to mount, uh, got his knees super high, had my arms tied up. And I think I heard the, I think I, I think someone said 10 seconds or like I heard someone say time and, and I, I think I messed that up because I, I remember I, I felt him relax a little bit on top and so I thought we were just going to ride out the round and as soon as he felt me relax on the bottom he postured up hit me with an elbow that you know that's where that that's where that scar is right there that Hodger Gracie scar just crushed me with an elbow and so I went to cover I'm going to put my hand on the cut like right away and as soon as he hit me with the elbow I I covered, and then he hit the arm triangle right away. Well, I, I enjoy our trip down memory lane for that, but I do want to ask you one last question about Ryan. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, Sorry, I geeked enjoy- out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, I was engaged. That's why I asked you about the sequence, because I knew it would be a cool story. Um, with, um, with Ryan, again, when you, when you have your summers with your family, do you prefer to have this kind of a matchup, where, again, you're not kind of racking your brain, and you get to enjoy your summer a little bit more and focus on yourself rather than preparing for a specific opponent? Um, no, I could shut it off pretty easily. So it it wouldn't have mattered who it was. I wish I had a better answer for you, but, um, you know, we were doing our thing. I, I, I stayed in shape even through my break. I just wasn't at training camp. So, um, yeah, I, dude, I had a fantastic summer. It it was, 
it was a lot of fun. My kids had a blast. Um, I think this whole kind of timing of everything has kind of worked out perfect. I, I fought Jimmy Crude about the right time, around the time I wanted to fight. Um, and I was able to shut my brain off and really not worry about any specific person or fighter or whatever. I knew, I, obviously, we've had this fight sign for a long time. So um, I think this was signed two weeks after the Jimmy Crude fight. So I've had a lot of time to get everything prepared. I, you know, I just shut off the Ryan Spam button in my brain and enjoyed the time with my kids. We're going to fight. And then after this, I'm going to have a baby. Oh, congratulations. This is going to be your first child? Fourth. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Yes. I thought I remembered that you had kids because you like to stay home with your kids in the summer. But four kids, yeah. wow. I mean, uh, Ryan's yeah. fan will be a challenge, but four kids might be more of a challenge. No, no, again, no disrespect to Ryan. I have three. Yeah. And, uh, My whole life the question. is tougher than any Ryan's fan fight, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, best of luck to you, Anthony. Uh, always appreciate your time. Uh, it was nice going down re- uh, memory lane talking Hodger Gracie with you as well. Uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I always look forward to our chats. A lot of the, some of these media guys, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But I look forward. I look forward to our interviews when when I see your name on the list. I'm now joined by Superman Ryan Stan, who's in the main event of. I said Ryan Stan. See, I, I get Brian. I'm sure you get this all the time, but Brian Stan and Ryan Span. It's just it's it's a nightmare. Now let you make. <laughs> Well, you're in the main event against uh, Anthony Smith. I know you're, you're, this isn't your first rodeo with five-round fights. You've been a champion at the middleweight and lightweight division on the regional scene. Uh, but does anything change in terms of your training for this? Yeah, uh, but it's, it was more so because I became a different person almost, man. So we've been working on more mental. And actually, you know, I've been aware for a while that I need to get my uh my mental in check to catch up with my physical and now me seeing a therapist and things of that nature i actually feel better now well there were, to elaborate on that there was something that you posted it was right when uh, misha Serkinov got injured before you guys were supposed to fight you basically said i'm getting off social media i don't really want to talk to anybody what was going on in your life at that point in time still not gonna say Okay. Have you been asked this before? Okay. I, I'm not trying to pry or anything, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, wondering yeah, if that I was part been, of it. They asked me, yeah. They, they, I've been asked before, but yeah, I'll keep it to myself. Okay. I just was wondering if that was part of the whole mental process, but uh, I'll, we'll just leave it at that then. Uh, when you say that you have changed quite a bit and you've been approaching it uh, from a different standpoint mentally, what, what kind of work have you done in that regard? Um, like I said, seeing a therapist and uh actually taking my body and my training seriously because uh I brought in a nutritionist that I actually brought to in town and helped cook for me and things of that nature and just really focus on being in present moments instead of thinking about the future, thinking about the past and things of that nature. So it it helped me become better and like I feel better. I feel lighter. Well, that's good to hear, of course. Uh, it's always good to, to shore up that part of, uh, of the game. Uh, I feel like when fighters join the UFC, that should be kind of the first step, is, is like you mentioned, bringing in nutritionists, try, you know, starting to treat it like uh, more of a professional sport because when you're on the regional scene, you're barely making any money. It's, it's hard to, to scrape by. Yeah, exactly. Now, whenever it, I... it's, it's a necessity. It's, it's a necessity, I, I feel. 
Now, whenever I ask fighters uh, what the biggest difference is between being in a main event in the UFC or being on a, just a regular three-round fight, they always say that it's the media obligations. There's so many more media obligations. Are you feeling that this week? Uh, yeah, because I have a bunch today, but I'll be done today. But at the same time, I don't do a lot of media shit anyway. Oh, my bad. I don't know if I... I don't do a lot of media stuff anyway, so... It, Doing this little bit for today and being done, I'll be, I'm good. Are you just more of a reserved person? Is that why you, you shy away from media? Yeah. So what do you tend to do in your spare time? Like uh, when, when you're outside of Boris MMA, you're back home, what do you, what do you spend most of video your time doing? Games, video games, hanging with my family. Lately, it's been probably more so my family than games. And I've been working on my cube skills. And... Uh, I think that's about it. I'm real simple. I like watching a lot of video on tech and stuff. Like I've just been, I've just been exposed to the Apple ecosystem, so I am diving like head first into it. So I've been doing a lot of research and looking up a lot of stuff on, you know, the benefits and things of that nature. So what were you on before? Android and PC and all that? Like it's very rare for Damn you. You're so. kind of a late adopter. Yeah, Samsung, man. And I, I didn't want to do it for the longest because first and foremost, like when they first came out, I couldn't afford them. So I, I just ended up getting used to Android. And so I I also had a mindset that I didn't necessarily like change. So I didn't want to have to relearn how to deal with Apple and how to deal with it's a different I, uh, it's a different operating system. So everything's a little different. And so... Uh, I didn't want to have to relearn all that. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to try it. And after the Misha fight, I kind of went ahead and got a, got got me an iPhone and a watch and things like that. So you're, you're almost working backwards because I find that Android and, and PC are a lot more complicated. I used to be an Android guy too. And I still think I that still their are. phones are great. Yeah, no, they're great phones. Uh, a lot of the times, Android would find something quicker like, Apple just got uh, uh, 10, uh, not 10, but 120 uh, refresh rates and things like that. And Android been had it. Like I took a downgrade from being able to swipe and scroll and like that, you know, coming to iPhone. And now the new iPhones have 120 hertz refresh rate. And like, right, matter of fact, right now I'm on my iPad. So... <laughs> Like this, it, it's actually simpler, man. It's it's so much simpler in the fact that everything is connected. Like I can be talking to you and answer a text while, you know, not having to pick up my phone or something like that. Like it's really cool. It's neat, and it's unfortunate that it took me this long. But at the same time, I couldn't afford it, so like I'm not. I, you know, it is what it is. But now, now we in it. We in it. So I'm there. I don't. I don't see me going back. I can tell that this is bringing you joy. It's like, it's nice to see because like, it's good to take joy in the kind of simple things in life. And that's all it is. Like Apple's a nice user-friendly platform and you're diving in and doing your research and getting to know it better. I like that. I love, I love tech. I'm I'm a tech head, man. I love like any kind of technology and all that. Like I'm gonna get the MacBook and the iMac. I told my wife, I was like, man, I really like, like I've been throwing hits. <laughs> like, man, that MacBook Pro, huh? That's nice. <laughs> You know, I've been throwing all kind of hits, the uh, the AirPod Maxes and things like that. I'm just throwing all kind of hits to my wife to see, see if she'll bite on something. 
<laughs> you're, you're putting the line in the water <laughs> and yeah, seeing if she's okay with it i'll, I'll take what i can get the airpods the the macbook pro airpod max you know we'll see Go with the MacBook Pro rather than the Air. That's my advice to you. I, I have I have both. One I have for work, one I have for personal. But the uh, the Pro is a far superior machine. That's what that's what I thought. I'm thinking of just deciding now on the size. I don't know if I want the 13 inch or the 16 inch. Like right now, my iPad is 12.9 inches, and it's a decent size. But I want my tablet to be my tablet, and I want my computer to do my computer things. Like because I have this and it had the magic keyboard and all of that but i would rather do work from a computer and i use my tablet for tablet stuff all right cool well, i guess we can start talking about fighting now this has been a lot of fun though i do i like talking yeah, about technology yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah that, that thing. uh anthony smith uh I, I spoke to him a little bit earlier and i asked him if he thought that you were the most similar uh, fighter to him that he's fought because you guys are both so well-rounded both both very good at what you do and he kind of disagreed with me he, he thought that you guys have a lot of differences uh, he said that he thought he was a more creative fighter but the, what do you think of him in terms of skill set for skill set uh when you when you look at the two of you um i don't know i just know what i can, i know what i'm capable of i know what i've shown what i've shown what i've shown and uh i don't i mean that's his opinion, and I'm not surprised that he would say that because of the things that I've shown. And I put emphasis on that because I have just just say, look, I'm I'm not surprised he think that way. Uh, I don't watch anything, so I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's well rounded. I know he's good. He's been able to hang around the top five ish, uh, even since he got the title fight. I know he got catapulted to the title fight real quick too. So. I'm not I'm not surprised you feel that way. I just don't know side by side, but I know what I'm capable of. Well, your entire team's been doing great this year. I know 2020 was a bit of a mixed bag results uh, for Fortis, and of course the world kind of flipped on its head in 2020, so I, I can kind of understand uh, that it was hard to get consistency for just about anybody, but it looks like Fortis is back to its winning ways in 2021. I think you guys probably have, like what, like a 90% winning percentage so far this year. I mean, something like that, you know, seventeen and five or something like that. But who's counting? We don't, you know, we don't know. <laughs> some, some, some like that. But who's counting? Uh, yeah, it's we're we're just back to grinding. We're able to be more consistent. Things are starting to open up more, and and they're letting us be us. And you know, it's easier to get back and forth to training, and like our guys are being more consistent now. So uh, watching you with the, the Rubik's Cube and the fact that you like to do a lot of research, I know you said you don't watch a lot of tape on your own opponent, on Anthony Smith, but do you watch tape on the opponents of a lot of the, the folks that train at Fortis MMA? I've seen you in a lot of corners with Coach Safe. It seems like coaching is a good fit for you. Yeah, um, I don't know about coaching being a good fit. Eventually, I'm going to own Fortis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it from Coach. Uh, I, told, I tell him that every chance I get. I was like, I'm, I'm going to buy Fortis. And... Uh, because I've always wanted to own a gym. And I also want to build a gym in Memphis, too, for my coach, Brian Hall. And uh, that way we can figure out something to help the kids and or help people that come in that was less fortunate. Like, I was able to make it out. That doesn't mean everybody else will be able to. And he's a great coach out there, so I want to be able to put a gym out there for him to be able to coach and not have to worry about any overhead. Uh, 
But yeah, I watch film on like if Zoe's fighting uh, Alonzo or any mates, I watch film. Uh, I just don't like to do it for myself because I feel like it frees me up when I'm fighting because I'd be so constrained to what I saw on film, but you don't necessarily know if that's what you're going to get. And if you make a plan based off of that, then, you know, you're in deep. If, you know, they don't do what you think they're going to do. So I like to be water, like Bruce Lee said. So I don't like to watch film. <laughs> All right. Well, I like it. I, I'm looking forward to watching you be water this weekend. It's the main event yourself versus Anthony Smith. Uh, best of luck to you. And uh, it was nice, nice chatting with you. Hope to speak with you again soon. Thank you. Well, I might be the only person who weighs between 146 and 155 pounds that's not avoiding Arman Sarukian, but thankfully I'm just speaking with him and not in the cage with him. That's probably why I'm not avoiding you, Armin, but it does seem like a lot of the fighters at 155 pounds are not lining up to fight you. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to fight with me from top 15, you know, and uh, I was waiting a lot of time to get fight, you know. Finally, I got fight, and... Um, you know, I, I wanted to fight with top 15, but anyway, you know, I can't wait, you know, a lot of time. I'm young, you know, I have to, I have to, I, I must f to do fight, you know. That's why I decided to fight this Christos Giagas. So were they offering you other fights along the way, but they, they just weren't opponents that you felt uh, were of your caliber and you decided you wanted to wait for a ranked opponent? I think after this fight, if, if I win, the, I can fight with um, from top 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 ten, top fifteen. You know, like it will be it will be good for me. You know. Well, the lightweight division has a lot of really tough fighters in the top fifteen. Is there anybody in particular you'd like to face? I know, I know Dan Hooker's been in your crosshairs a little bit. Yeah, Dan Hooker. You know, like he's bullshit guy. I want to kill him. You know, like during the fight, and uh, I can't wait. You know. Uh, uh, to have this fight and I hope after my fight we're gonna do this fight and uh, I'll show you him who I am, you know How do you think your wrestling but, stands up in the uh, in the lightweight division? Do you think it's basically you and Islam Makhachev are the two best grapplers? Uh, I mean, uh, we have one more, you know uh, Gillespie, he's not he's not bad wrestler, but he's just wrestler, you know, he's like He's striking not good, you know, like grappling not good too, but he's like very good wrestler, you know, I can say like this. He uh, He's uh, conditional good too, but, you know, I'm the best. I'm the best in top 15. I'll show you everyone who I am, you know. Now, Just Greg, give me give me like little bit time, you know. How much time do you think you need before we'll, we'll see just how good you are? Oh, I uh, like... Now I am, like, the best, too. I'll show you on Saturday. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it. And I know that you have trained with Christos before. Uh, how many times did you train with him, and how did that go? You know, we trained one time. It, uh, like, he's, like, crazy guy, you know? Like, he trained, like, crazy. And I didn't like this. Uh, I didn't like this. And uh, I, you know, I slammed him. And after that... We stop it our like wrestling because he got injured, you know. When it you was say, easy, easy match. When you say he trains crazy, what do you mean? I mean like you know when you do freestyle wrestling, 
you like do like technique, you know, like you like uh, you don't want to uh, to do injure for your uh, opponent, you know, like for your partner. But he started like crazy guy, and you know, I didn't like th this. And I said, okay, you're gonna do like this. I'm gonna do like this too, you know. And then I smashed him, and that's it, you know. His neck got got injured, you know, and then uh, he he couldn't train. So he's someone that you don't respect all that much because you had that kind of incident with him. Yeah, and after that, you know, like uh, I wanted to shake head with him, and he he didn't do that. And I said, okay, okay, we will see one day, you know. So I imagine he's no longer training with you. You're now at American Top Team. Uh, you've got uh, the great coach Pahumpas in your corner. Who else is cornering you this weekend? Edwin Najmi. He's like the best jiu-jitsu. And uh, Artyom Levin. He's like the best striking coach. And uh, you know, like this time I had the two jiu-jitsu. That's why I have to or I must like choke him, you know. So you're looking to get the finish this time? I know you have some decisions uh, in, in your history. Last four, last four fights, I had I had decision, you know. I don't want to do decision. I want to just finish this guy. And, uh, yeah, because I can, I can do finish, you know. I know that. If you were to get the finish, do you believe that it's going to be a submission, a knockout? What do you think is the most likely way that you get a finish? Doesn't matter, you know. Like, uh, this... Uh, this fight I prefer to like uh, submission, but I can like do Kyoto knockout. I want to ask you a couple questions about the, your division. You've got Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje fighting in in November. How do you see that one going? Oh, it's tough. It will be tough. A tough fight, you know. I don't know who who is gonna win, but I think Chandler Chandler can win him. I don't know why, but like I think so. Like this, you know. I don't like too much, uh, uh, what's his name, forgot. Gaethje? Gaethje, yeah, his style is not like, uh, like smart style, you know, that's why I think uh, Chandler can beat him, and Chandler lost last fight, and he, he gonna train hard, I think so, he has a like, uh, like, you know, when you lost, when you lost, you're gonna like, change your opinion, you know, like change your mentality and you're going to train more than last one. I think it could be like good fight. And how about the Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira in December? Uh, you know, it's 50-50, you know, but I think like Poirier can beat him, you know, because uh, Poirier grow up a lot, you know, he has a lot of experience. And uh, he beat, like, the best fighter in our division two times. I think it's Conor McGregor. And uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, I, I'll hope, you know, he, I, I hope he's not like, uh, he, he made a lot of money. I hope he's going to train hard, you know. All right, Armand. Well, it's nice speaking with you. Nice to meet you. And I uh, look forward to watching your Thank career you. continue. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and uh, Christos Giagos this weekend. Uh, say hi to Sayat for me, and uh, it's nice speaking with you. Speak with you again soon. Thank you very much. See you soon. Bye-bye. Some great conversations with some of the fantastic athletes in the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, big thank you to him. I always love speaking with him, and uh, like I mentioned, I'll always 
speak with him whenever he would like to talk to me because uh, I just love talking to the guy. He's just a good dude and uh, a very thoughtful person, which I really love. Uh, also, Anthony Smith, another guy, <laughs> very thoughtful guy, loves to uh, go on deep dives. I wish I had more time with him whenever I talk to him. The interviews get cut short uh, prematurely because I could talk to this guy forever. And uh, he's uh, one of the up-and-comers in the broadcasting space as well. And then speaking of thoughtful, Ryan Spann. I didn't know much about him, and we just kind of got talking and went down a bit of a technology rabbit hole, and then I was like, well, we're about five, six minutes in. Let's start talking about fighting now, but uh, just a very uh, methodical individual. Uh, didn't really know that side of him because uh, he's always just been kind of a quiet guy. And Armand Sarukian had never interviewed him, and uh, man, he seems determined to make a big splash in the lightweight division. So thank you to all of them, and uh, we'll be back next week with, wow, we got a, we got a big slate for you next week, a big slate. So... Stay tuned for that, and until then, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.